0: Good morning. I am so excited to be here. Um, I want to thank Pastor Jessica LeGrone and Dr. Winfield Bevins for inviting me. I tell you, this is an honor. I have grown to love Wilmore and Asbury Theological Seminary. Uh, Here in Wilmore, there's respect for the seasons. (laughs) In Savannah, there is no respect for the seasons. (laughs) whatsoever so um, you know I get to wear chunky sweaters when I come here uh, but in Savannah it'll be probably late December before I can do that so I am so grateful grateful to be here for so many reasons and uh, to be honest with you after everything that has been said uh, already this morning between the worship and the reading of the word and that amazing prayer that has moved my heart I tell you, I think we can just go, to be honest. You know, I I, I mean, I don't think there's very much left to say. Um, But I I think they want me to say a a little bit, just a little bit. So I I will do that. I will do that. Um, I wanted to start off by just thinking about uh, my children. I'm having to accept here. Okay. All right. Uh, When my kids were young, many, many moons ago, um, they watched this show and we all watched together and it was called Out of the Box. And it's, I hit some, some, we got some 80s and 90s kids in here, uh, but Out of the Box was a show that was set literally out of a box. It was a clubhouse built out of cardboard boxes of all shapes and sizes. And Vivian and Tony, who, where, where are my out of the box people? Uh, Yes, Vivian and Tony, they would bring the neighborhood kids together and they built this box and the kids were able to draw and paint and create and decorate the box. But the real thing happened when the theme song came on and it said, let your imagination take you on a ride. And then it goes on and it says, when we arrive, pictures come alive. Says there's music in your hands and in your pots and pans. Well, my six-year-old, seven-year-old son at the time, he was a music fanatic. He loved any kind of music. Every genre you can imagine, he loved. And so when Tony did the, uh, there's music in your hands and in your pots and pans, that gave him permission to take every pot and every <laughs> pan in my house out. Well, the good thing about it is that their mom is just as crazy as they were. (laughs) So my three-year-old daughter, who by default, if her brother loved it, she loved it. So our house became outside the box. And if you understand the concept, they literally would crawl through the box. So there were parameters. They would crawl through the box to get outside into this imaginary world where all kinds of things would happen I mean they would have a theme of the day and that theme of the day they would write plays they would create costumes they would do all kinds of amazing things so my house was outside the box and so outside the box meant I had a fort in this corner and I had pillows all over the place over here. And like I said, every surface became a percussion instrument. And of course, my son, six or seven at that time, proclaimed, Mom, there are more to percussion instruments than drums. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So anyway, that's, that's, that's where I grew up. And I say I grew up because through them, I had the opportunity to dream and look beyond the couch. The couch was actually a dragon. You know, I had the opportunity to look beyond the microwave. It was a rocket ship. I was brought back to life through my children. But you know, something happened. They began to grow up and they went to school. And there's this thing called a handbook you guys familiar with those yeah 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 the handbooks that tell you the rules and regulations of what you are to do when you are in the classroom well my son he took to the handbook pretty quickly my daughter not so much she's a free spirit and she would jump up and dance and sing right in the middle of the teacher's lesson So I became very well acquainted with the principal (laughs) and later on with the guidance counselors and uh, the school psychologists and all of that. But life was always fun. And so not only did they have to go to school, but then they became old enough to drive. And so as they became old enough to drive, now we have the rules of the road, right? So you've got to take the driver's exam and pass it. And you've got to uh, now obey the stop signs and the stop lights and all of that. So there's more parameters being put on their lives. And I begin to see some of that creativity wane. And then ultimately, they got jobs. How many of us know the policy and procedure manuals? They regulate you from the time you walk in the door until the time you walk out and some even when you are at home. And so all of that creativity that I saw was beginning to kind of be suppressed or put under control, as you would say. And then I began to remind them that you are creative. The reason you are is not because of your mother who allowed you to have free play, but you are creative because the very God of heaven has ordained it to be that way. And now, you guys, I get an extra bonus. I get another generation. I'm not sure if I'm doing this correctly. I get another generation. This is my grandson, Zen. And um, there we go, I think I got it. Oh, well, I'm doing it at the screen, you know. And this is my granddaughter, Cairo. And so now they know that when they come to Gigi and Pop house, they can sit in the middle of the floor, in the loft, and paint as long as they'd like. They can take out every pot, every pan, they can build forts, because God is using them again to wake up the creativity in me. And guess what it's doing? He has caused me to come back to life. You have to understand about that dead season. I can't even talk about it right now. I don't have time, but there was a dead season in my life. And these children were part of ushering me back to life and reminding me of the creativity that God put in me. And as a result, Radiant church is coming alive in Savannah, Georgia, a church plant. You know, that is what God does. And he uses these beautiful little kids to remind us. In fact, he says, unless we come as one of them, we won't even understand the very kingdom of God. And so the scripture was read for you today, but I want to go back there because this, is our box. Remember in order to get outside the box, we had to understand what the box was and they had to go through it to get to their imaginary world. So it says in the beginning when God, Elohim, created the heavens and the earth, that's our first thing. God existed outside of this heaven or sky and and the earth that we walk on he existed outside of that and he created and he called it into existence the earth was formless void and darkness covered the face of the deep while the wind from god that wind from god sit there for a second that wind from god was his breath <sighs> The ruah, the very essence of life, it says, swept over the waters. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. And God separated the light from the darkness. And God called the light day and the darkness he called night. And there was evening and there was morning, the first day. God created, that is the box. The box is that you are creative because the God of heaven is the creator. And you say, are you sure about that? I am. Let's go on down. I really am. I wouldn't tell you that if it wasn't true. Because he says, then God said, let us make humankind in our image according to our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, and all the wild animals of the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. It says that on day one, he separated night from day, and he began to create every day, and every day it was good, it is good, it is good, it is good, good. but then on day six, something else happened happened. He had created these beautiful fish in the sea and the birds in the air. We had yellow birds, red birds, black birds, peacocks with amazing tails to attract the women. You know how that goes. (laughs) We had all of these things but God stopped on day six and he put his hands in the dirt and he began to use that land that he had created and separated. He begin to mold and move it. And when he did, he formed it into the shape of a man who was what in his image, in his image. But then the likeness had to come. You know how that came? He blew his breath into man and he came to life. The very essence of God is in you. The very essence of God moves in you every day. And guess what? He didn't limit it to the people who love him. The essence of God, the image of God, the Imago day is in every one of his human creations. That is the box. That is the box. So guess what? You're creative people. You're creative. I I promise you I cannot even begin to paint like Dr. Winfield Bevins or write like Dr. Reverend Jessica LeGrone. I can't. That's not my gifting. That's not my talent. That's not my calling. My painting looks about like that. And so that's how Gigi, (laughs) I was like, don't, she says, my brush isn't working. I said, girl, use your hands. (laughs) Don't even worry about it. So I I can't produce a beautiful Last Supper like that. But when you look at that, I see me in there. I see you in there. He's communicating to us what God has put in him. So it led me to, if the box is that we are all creative, that's the box right there. Nothing else to, to consider. So we've got to figure out some things. Why are we creative? Why? Why are we creative? We know that he blew, the very breath of life into us and you know, he had made man and he looked around and he says, it's not good that man should be alone. He caused Adam to fall asleep. He took the rib out because you know, another lesson for another day is that we were to be equal. That was the original intention before the fall. But anyway, I go on. (laughs) I move on. He had done all of that, but why? Why are we creative? Well, let's take a little journey over to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And we know the Corinthian church, if you've studied it all, you know they were a mess. They were a mess. They were in this port city of Corinth where there was some great wealth that existed there, but the majority of the Corinthian church was actually poor. majority, but they had rich people there too. It was a very diverse church and so in this church we begin to hear about the giftings, Because you know what? It's not just painting and singing and dancing and acting that are gifts and talents. There's the gift of works actually helping people out. Can you imagine that? There's the gift of faith meaning to be able to believe beyond what you see. There's the gift of speaking in tongues and the gifts of interpretation and the gifts of prophecy and the gifts and the gifts and the gifts. Paul goes on and he talks about those things. But there was an issue in that church at Corinth because half of them were sexually immoral. I'm not talking about the town, I'm talking about the church. And they were suing each other and they were arguing and debating. And then some people like to go in there and say, well, Paul told the women to sit down and learn in silence. Yeah, that's because they were all making a mess. Have you all had I mean if you had a house full of children and everything is going crazy, you tell everybody, sit down, be quiet. (laughs) And then you say, okay, you speak. Everybody else, hush. And so that's pretty much what Paul was doing. He said, women, you know, we got a lot of chaos going on around here. I need you all to just be quiet. Ask your husband the questions at home, and when they come, we can deal with it. But right now, it's this mess, so I need everybody to hush. That was free. (laughs) Anyway, so this is all going on. This is all happening in that church, but Paul says, in in, chap, in uh, chapter twelve, verse seven, he says, "To each is given the manifestation of the spirit, and here is the reason why. For the common good. You are creative for the common, good the common good of the church the common good of this city that you live in the common good of this globe that we exist on so that people can be brought and drawn into the love of jesus so that the image of god the very expression of god when they see it in us through our talent like i said when i look at this the last supper that that winfield has created when i see that I want to know more about that Christ that is there. It is for the common good, and each and every one of you has a a talent. Each and every one of you has a gift that God wants to use. But he told them, stop fighting among yourselves because that's so unimportant. I don't care if you sing like the angels. Paul tells us later in Corinthians, if I sing like the angels and I don't have love, it's not worth it anyway. So the creativity that exists in you is for the common good of the very God that created you. That's why. And if you don't think that the devil knows that we're creative, take a look at Texas. Travis Scott created World to look like the very entrance of hell. And these 50,000 young people flocked, not because Travis was so talented, but because he used his creative ability to build this place that was like fantastical. Yet, we say the young people don't wanna come to church and, and you know, that's the, that's the answer that we get. They don't want to come to church. Well, I'm here to tell you that the creativity that, the, that Satan used to give Ta- Travis Scott all of those ideas, that's all he did was capitalize on what God had already birthed in Travis Scott. It's in you. So what are we going to do as the church that to counter What are we going to do with our creative ability, with our ability to to create worlds and speak them into existence, guys? What are we going to do? Astro world is not it. Jesus world. (laughs) Come on. We've got to do something. The day that we can get 50,000 teenagers and they are so excited to be there that they're lifting their hands. I wanna thank the worship team, that was amazing. I'm telling you, that's one of my favorite songs. I am no longer a slave to fear. Fear would have kept me off of this platform years ago. I am no longer a slave to fear because the creative power of God lives in me. The very ruah of God, his breath, his essence, it lives in me. And it's for the common good. And I'm going to cover one more area before I have to close down. How do we access this creative power? We know we have it, and that is the box. So in other words, that's the given. We don't even have to question it and we know why we are creative for the common good so that we can draw people according to Matthew 28 we can use the great commission to bring people into the body of Christ that is why we are creative and the devil knows it but how do we access this creative power well I'm going to start with John Wesley and Charles Wesley at the Epworth rectory. They said that there is a place beside the bed that is worn and there's notches from where he kneeled and he accessed the creativity to begin the Methodist church. Come on y'all, it happened on his knees. I'm willing to bet that is why a lot of us are not able to express Our creative ability because we're not willing to get on our knees and pray now when a Travis Scott you better believe he's used some worship of the devil to get access to that place but we don't want to pray you know we say our little our, our, our little you know trite prayers I have fallen in love with liturgy. I'm I'm, I'm from, if you want to call it a denomination, it's non-denominational. Yes, (laughs) I know. But Winfield introduced me to liturgy in a way that just woke it up for me. It leads me and it guides me. So I don't know how people can just read that and not be moved into deeper prayer because that's what it does for me. It moves me into deeper and deeper relationship with God. So if you want access, to the creativity, you've got to pray. Have you all heard of George Washington Carver? He was born in the 1860s as a slave. And did you know that him, his mother, and his, I think, baby sister were actually kidnapped right at the end of the Civil War? And they were kidnapped by slave traders who did not want them to be free. And Mr. Moses um, Carver, who was their owner, he was able to find and bring uh, George Washington back home. And he raised them, raised him as his own. He sent him off when he was about 12 to a a school that would educate African-American kids. He grew up to go on and finish his education. He was the first African-American person to receive a bachelor's in science. And when he did, it was in botany. And they were having this issue in the South where the ground would just stop producing. It's because it had been pretty much raped of its minerals because it was over, you know, they were planting cotton over and over and over. And so he began to study, what can we do to regenerate this soil? And what he ended up doing was he found, he he went out, he would pray every morning, this is the power of prayer to access your creativity every morning at 4am it says through his journals we've learned he would go out and pray and he asked the lord he says lord what is the meaning of life and he says god says that's too big for you (laughs) and so he said god what is the meaning of man "Mm, that is too big for you and he records this, and, he, and it went on, he said, and Lord, so what is the meaning of nature? Because he loved nature as a botanist. And God says, that's too big for you. And so it says, one day he went out and he had a peanut. He says, well, well Lord, tell me, what is the meaning of this peanut? And he says that God sent him back to his lab, and he broke that peanut down into all of its forms. And as he did, he began to utilize peanuts to make over 300 products. He went on to begin to to teach the farmers, you plant peanuts one year, and then you plant your corn. Your soil will regenerate, it'll get the nourishment back. All of that happened. That creative ability, that scientific knowledge didn't come because he was smart. Yes, he was smart. But it came because he talked to the creator of heaven. And that is how he accessed that creativity. It says that he went, he had a a presentation before Congress. They gave him 10 minutes. And he ended up speaking for over an hour and a half and they invited him back. (laughs) That is what creativity does. We know that it is the box because we are created by the creator of all earth. We know that we have creativity in order to promote the common good of the church and of Christ. And we know how we access it is through prayer. And I want to close today if our praise team would come back up. I want to close today by letting you know the parameter that Jesus put on the use of our creativity, the godly, I will say that, the godly use of our creativity. And it was, make sure. He said, in Matthew chapter 22, starting at verse 37, he said to them, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and prophets. So you want to know what your parameters are? Remember I told you that uh, out out of the box, they gave them a theme and they would create plays and they would create uh, costumes and songs and dance and everything around that theme. Your theme, what you need to create around is first loving God with everything that you have to the point that you will lay down your life for him. Yes, because guess what? He did it for you. So he says, love me with everything and then love your neighbors. And this last little part trips a lot of people up as yourself. God wants you to love you. He wants you to access that creativity that is within you. And it may not be painting beautifully. It may not be writing books. It may not be any of those things, but you are here at Asbury Theological Seminary being prepared as preachers and teachers and worship leaders and thought leaders for the church of tomorrow. And I need you to access on your knees, the creative power that God has given you and ask him, what is it, Lord? Because I want to see 50,000 young people with their hands up saying, Hosanna, Hosanna. That is what I want to see. And it's sitting right here in these pews. It's sitting right here in these pews.